Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Our speaker, very familiar to us, Brother Steve Slusser. He's only right up the road just a little bit, about a half hour, and we're happy to have him this morning. We'll turn the remainder of our meeting over to him. All righty. Let's turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Actually, we'll begin with the end of chapter 9. Nine twenty-two. It says, according to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. And then verse 28. So Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, shall appear a second time, not to bear sin, to those who eagerly await him for salvation. Verse 4 of chapter 10. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Verse 10. By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he having offered one sacrifice for sins For all time sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for the time onward until his enemies were made a a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Verse 17, he says, And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is forgiveness of these things, there's no longer any offering for sin. Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for the one who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit is of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Verse 26, but if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a terrifying expectation. Of judgment. Heavenly Father, we thank you as we look at your word this morning. We ask that you would uh, touch our hearts in worship as we have this morning, as we worship him who gave himself for us. Him who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's someone here this morning uh, that uh, has not known their sins to be forgiven and that they are on their way to heaven. Perhaps through this preaching of the word this morning, they will come to know him whom to know is life eternal. Bless our time together in your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The story is told of a little boy who went to uh, Sunday school. His dad was homesick. So his dad said, well, son, what did they preach? He said, sin. 
What, what did he say about it? From what I could tell, he was against it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, I tend, because I, I speak about maybe 20 times a year, but not twice in the same place so much, I tend to pick a subject that I work on it over, over the year's time. And then I have you know, enough material to like do, I've got at least five lessons prepared you know, from this section that I've been working on. And so I was all ready because I'm going to the Bahamas. I've been there twice, and I'm going three more times by the end of the summer. And, uh, and so I was all prepared. I got my messages all out because I'm going to be doing this like on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings during summer camp. Never done this before, but it's Zoom, so I can get away with it. So I get my email. It says, brother, if it's not too much trouble, could you teach us on the miracles of Christ? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there you go. Now, in my, in my, you know, everything's on my tablet or whatever. I, I, I have everything that, um, the message that I'm, that half of today's comes from, was from last week. I worked really hard. I was going to make a PowerPoint, you know, and I was putting all my stuff together, combining all this knowledge from a big section together. Got it all together, and Kitty whispers. She says, "You know, it's Memorial Day, honey." Yeah, I know it's Memorial Day. Yeah. So this week she tried to pull the... Uh, so, of course, I did a really nice message on Memorial Day last week. Um, but I did not... Sorry, brother. I did not do another one for, for the other hol- uh, Memorial Day today as well. But we do certainly appreciate that our brother got up and, and shared that memory with us. Um, because were it not for those who gave their lives then we would not be able to do what we do here today. And, um, and so we are thankful for them. Um, good book on sin is by uh, Bob Pye. Uh, had the, when I was finishing up a degree, I needed some uh, classes that weren't offered in, remotely. And so, uh, so I had to find someone who would give me a one-on-one individual class couple of them, in order to finish my degree and to graduate. Bob Pine was one of them who agreed to do this. This is before internet. I don't think we even had email yet. If I did have email, it wasn't much. It would have been AOL. Uh, We talked on the phone. We talked on the phone. We mailed things back and forth. And he wrote a nice book on humanity and sin. Uh, It's pretty intense. You see, sin, if we look at sin in the big picture of things, the Jewish people look at the law of Moses, and we see Ten Commandments, but the Jews see 613 laws you can break. You know, you think ten's hard to keep? 613's a little harder. And so they have those. Uh, regarding sin, in the Hebrew language, there are nine words. There are six nouns and three verbs that describe sin. And so, and in the New Testament, we have nouns Adjectives, verbs that all describe in some ways sin. And everything from just a misstep, a stumble, if you will, to uh, miss the mark in the New Testament, um, to plain unrighteousness, not being godlike, not acting as God would act. But 
there are some that categorize them down to three categories. If you look in some commentaries that are a little less intense than Bob Pine's work, um, then you will see that they were many times divided into three. The uh, sense of ignorance, the unintentional sins, and the intentional sins. Um, no disrespect to them, but I'm going to say that biblically there are really only two categories of sin. Just two. Everything falls under those two categories. Now the trouble is trying to figure out how does it... Every, all these sins, 613, you know, uh, offenses to the law of Moses. How do you divide these up into just two categories? Well, Leviticus gives us the answer. And uh, so we had our brother read from Leviticus, and I read from Hebrews. The beginning of my study was looking at that one verse. Uh, there no longer is an offering for sin. What does that mean? There's no longer an offering for sin. And so that was the beginning of the study, which, uh, which has taken me far and wide to where we are this morning. So what are these two categories? Simply put, the unintentional sin and the sin with a high hand, which is uh, the arrogant, defiant sin. Those are the two sins, two categories of sin. And what's the difference between the two categories of sin? Well, that's why it says in Hebrews, almost all things. That is another verse that often bothered me. What does it mean by this? Almost all things. That's verse 22 of chapter 9. According to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood. What do you mean almost say? Why isn't everything? Because there's one that's not. The sin with a high hand. The defiant sin? There is no sacrifice for the defiant sin. In the New Testament, we see it uh, mentioned particularly twice. Once it's called the, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, depending on your translation. And, of course, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, the defiant sin is the rejection of God. It's the rejection of his sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means that everything else falls into the other category of the unintentional sin. Now, that may surprise you. When David looked down on Bathsheba... And he said, whoa, that's a nice-looking young lady. I think I'll invite her up. Maybe we'll have some tea, tea and cakes, right? Let me invite her on up. Bites her up and says, think I'll keep her. Why don't I kill her husband? Then she'll be mine. You know, uh, what's that? Unintentional? <laughs> well, in God's perspective, Billy, sorry it was because it's in the category of sins that are covered by the blood. Murder, covered by the blood. All of these terrible sins, covered by the blood. Now, how is it unintentional? That's not for me to decide. It's a longer discussion than today's. But it is, in fact, <clears throat> that because of our sinful nature, <clears throat> our ability to not sin is just not in us. It's part of the fall. We do not have the ability to not sin. Sorry to say to those who believe in uh, 
in the ultimate holiness where I don't sin anymore. Uh, it doesn't happen. We all sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and we keep on sinning, and we don't stop sinning. Unintentional sins are the sins that are covered by sacrifice. It could be covered by sacrifice. I get that from the book of Leviticus. We can read through several of them. I'll just read through a few of them for you. Time is limited, so I'm going to just read them to you. <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 4. It says, If a person sins unintentionally in any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done and commits any of them, what is he to do? Verse 3, let him offer to the Lord. Chapter 4, verse 22. If a leader sins and unintentionally does one of the things that the Lord has commanded him not to do, he shall bring his offering. The number of times it's mentioned is, is multiple. Leviticus chapter 5. If a person acts unfaithfully and sins unintentionally against the Lord's holy things, he shall bring his guilt offering. Chapter 5, verse 18. If he sinned unintentionally and did not know it, that is the sins of ignorance, it shall be forgiven him. Now we preach this, but do you really understand it? Do you really believe it? That even one who has committed murder and all manner of sin can be forgiven because there is a sacrifice for it. But the sin of a high hand the rejection of God's sacrifice, the rejection of his son. There is no forgiveness for that. Why is there no forgiveness? Because there's not, an, there's not an offering for it. Not an offering for that one. To sin unintentionally is to sin a sin which is covered by the blood of Christ. Now, I had our brother read <clears throat> Numbers 15. If you were to go to verse, uh, chapter 16, <clears throat> you'd see an example of that, and that was, of course, the son's of, uh, of um, uh, Korah and the fire pans and all that. That's where the earth opens up and swallows them down. Why? Because they were defiant. They were defiant against the Lord. The unintentional sin is atoned for by sacrifice. Um, now, the sacrifices are starting in Leviticus chapter 1. Uh, there are... In the first seven chapters of Leviticus, explained to the five major um, sacrifices. These are not the only sacrifices. Uh, you'll find some others or variations and so forth. <clears throat> but chapter one begins with this. It says, The Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when any of you brings an offering to the Lord, he shall bring your offering of animals from the herd or flock. And if his offering is a burnt offering, he shall offer it a male without defect. He will offer it at the doorway in the tent of meeting. And why? That he may be accepted before the Lord. In verse 4, he'll lay his, head, his hand on the head of the burnt offering. Why? That it may be accepted for him. Why? to make an atonement on his behalf. And so the sacrifices, the Levitical sacrifices, are a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are in effect putting our hand upon his head and saying, 
My sin is his and his sacrifice is mine. That he is dying for me instead of me and on my behalf as substitutionary sacrifice. That I might have an atonement. That is, that uh, I can put away the wrath of God and have my sins forgiven. Um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much the whole thing about sacrifices in the first place. It is a substitutionary sacrifice for the unintentional sin. The sins that we the sins that we cannot stop committing. Now some of us commit worse sins than others according to our own human understanding. It's interesting when you talk to people about what is um, you know what what sins are worse. And uh particularly people of different lifestyles and so forth. They'll consider their own lifestyle to be not sinful. But then if you say, well, what about this? And they say, oh, that, that, that's sinful. You see, we all have our idea of what's, what's sinful, what's worse sinful are the things other people do. That's pretty much how that works. Yeah. What I do is an error. These are some of those, you know, dozen or so words for sin. I commit errors. I made a mistake. Can I? Oh, she's not even in here. Good. I can tell about this story. <laughs> Kitty, knows, Kitty knows the story. Her brothers got into trouble at school. So she's telling us. She told us a story. Okay? I didn't tell the story. She told the story. Talk about how her brothers got into trouble at the school they went to, private school. So Kitty just asked the question. She said, well, I never got into trouble. And then she says, I did have a circumstance once. <laughs> well, that's the way we are. You know, we didn't get into trouble. We had a circumstance, you know. We got an error. But others, that's sin. But with God, all of it, my errors and your sins, or my sins and your errors, are all covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Hebrews tells us. Hebrews tells us, that the Levitical offerings are all about Christ. Now, I'm going to take a couple more minutes and share a little bit about the Levitical, the order of the Levitical offerings. It's interesting that the order of the offerings seems backwards to us. And how many of you have noticed that? It starts out with a burnt offering, which usually is offered in worship. When you talk about the burnt offering versus the, the last ones, which are the sin and the guilt offering. You have the Backwards, sin, guilt, peace, um, and, then the, and then the burden. So you have, they're backwards to us. So why are they backwards? Because we think backwards. When are we saved? We're saved when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This brother here with the burnt offering when he put his hand upon the head of the offering and the offering, and then he slays the offering with his own hand. We sing the song at camp, who killed Jesus many years ago? It was really me? Yes, he killed the offering to make an atonement on his behalf. So what are these offerings for? Are they for salvation? I'm going to say they're not. They're not for salvation. I read one of the verses that used the word. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to forgive us from all unrighteousness. Is that for salvation? What is that for? 
Say again. Communion, restoration. It is, it is getting back into fellowship with God through the continual forgiveness. See, they have been forgiven, but like he said to the disciples, you're clean all over, but you still need to have your feet washed. It's the foot washing. And so they're saved there at the burnt offering. And then the, the next offerings, the, the uh, sin offering, uh, trespass offering, the guilt offering, these are uh, for sanctification so that they may enter into his presence because they can't enter his presence dirty. We can't go into the presence of God. You know, you, you wash up, you take a bath before you meet somebody important, right? Put on some clean clothes. Well, when we approach God, that bath is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the confession of sin, and they're the sin offering, the trespass offering. And so these offerings, they're in reverse order because first we're saved and then the process of cleaning is up. We want to clean people up before they get saved. It's been the mistake of missionaries long before us. They want people to, they want to, quote, Christianize them. Let's Christianize them. Make, let's make them moral. And so you get this moral idea of, of this, a moral salvation. But God doesn't work that way. He did not fix Adam before he saved Adam. First, he killed an animal and covered Adam and Eve with the skins. Doesn't even say Adam asked him to. God just did it. And then he said, now the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. The one who caused you to sin, he will defeat. You couldn't do it. You should have put him to death, but you didn't. But the seed of the woman will come and will crush the head of the serpent. And so first, he saves us. Then he cleans us up. We come to him dirty. He, first, he, first he's in his salvation. He takes care of the problem of sin. But then eventually, we, as we work our way down, we, are working, we have peace with God through the peace offering, the third offering. And then we begin, God begins to work on the sin until he cleans us up. It's the last thing he does is clean us up, not the first thing. The first thing he does is love us and forgive us, and then he cleans us. And that's the reason the offerings are in the reverse order. And with that, that's, uh, that's a lot to swallow for one day. The passages to look at, of course, are the first five chapters plus 15 of Numbers to look at those offerings or first seven chapters, actually, plus 15. And, and Hebrews 9 and 10 are the primary chapters that talk about the sacrifices, though not the only ones. And as you look at the two together, you see that Christ is the sacrifice. He's the Passover from Exodus 12 to the New Testament. Christ our Passover. He is also the sin offering. He is also the guilt offering. All of those are mentioned by name in Hebrews, that he is those things. All those things in Leviticus, he is. And so that sacrifice. And so what is the, the sin with a high hand? To reject that sacrifice. You say, Christ, uh, Christ did not die for me. Well, that's, what, what else is there to offer? You have, an, you have an alternative. Do we have an alternative to be right with God? And the answer is there's not another alternative. It's not by doing righteousness and you can't be righteous. There's nothing you have to offer. God doesn't need your silver or gold. You can't buy your way in. 
The only offering there is is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you trample underfoot the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no offering left. You've, you've, run, out of, you've run out of room. That's it. And so that's what the verse means when it says if you trample underfoot the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, there's no other offering for sin. That's purely what it means. It's not a loss of salvation thing. It's not like you, that's how it's often taught. It's, it's a loss of salvation that you don't, uh, God keeps, uh, you, you keep uh, sinning and God keeps forgiving you until there's no longer an offering. That's not at all what it means. Go back to Leviticus. Yeah, as long as, as long as we keep sinning, he'll keep loving us and forgiving us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and for your grace. We thank you for all the good things we enjoy. We pray today as people come to camp and, uh, and we start to see children hearing the gospel and coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for the people that are teaching. We pray for the folks that are, uh, that are counseling. We pray for those that are serving food and nurse and administrative people, the, the directors and so forth, that you would prepare them to serve you this summer, we pray. Now part us with thy blessing and use us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.